Welcome to Searching for Mana, the podcast that investigates the mana. That's the superpower in some of the most influential leaders who are building the future in tech innovation and finance. I'm Lloyd Wahead, a London-born entrepreneur and headhunter with over 15 years experience on a mission to discover what drives our guests to succeed. How have they got to the top? What attributes have excelled in their career? Listen to find out. Welcome to Searching for Mana. Welcome on to Searching for Mana, Kamil Gurski. Hello, hello. Hi, Mimi. Nice, nice to be here. Nice to talk with you. Uh, excited to have you here today. Kamil is the CEO and founder of Block Hunters and Token Guard. Block Hunters is auditing and securing blockchain codes or smart contracts in this wild, wild west of blockchain world. Whereas Token Guard is a platform that automatically analyzes blockchain projects and allows investors to make informed decisions through verification of the founders and the underlying code. To date, the blockchain policeman, uh, this, this blockchain policeman guys has secured a funding of $2.3 million from the very European Union. Uh, Camille, tell us a little bit about what are you up to uh, nowadays with your ventures? Okay, so um, we have set up Block Hunters as a security auditing company in 2018. And within the last two and a half years, we have come a really long, long way in order to uh, design and create uh, the Token Guard platform that is being launched right now. Um, uh, right now, Token Guard actually um, automates the whole process of smart contract and token verification in terms of, as you said, the underlying code and possible vulnerabilities that may exist in this code. Uh, we are right now working on further features of uh, Token Guard, such as uh, social background verification of the whole team and um, additional additional features for private and VC investors, and we're gonna um, we're gonna start raising another round of one and one and a half million dollars uh, within the next week. So I'm really happy to be here and tell you a little bit more on how this all started and where uh, what what exactly made us create Token Guard. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh hearing about your next funding round. Um, but going back to, you said, 2018, mm -hmm. why did you decide to, to create this, uh, this company uh, in, uh, you know, there was the, the, the peak in 2018 and actually there was this horrible crash, the winter yeah. of the crypto yeah. markets. Uh, how was your journey through that quite low few years? And then you, we could see, again, it went back. We have, uh, we don't know if there's going to be another winter. Uh, what's Hopefully your view on that? <laughs> What's your view on this? Yeah. Okay. So um, we started in the middle of 2018. Um, we are um, really interested in, in, in blockchain space. And we have seen uh, this whole ICO craze where a number, really huge number of projects uh, were raising crazy amount of money without any actual verification of what's happening inside of the code. I mean, Everybody was so excited about the blockchain technology, about the, the, the whole crypto revolution that nobody actually took care to look inside on what's on the level of the code, which actually defines the whole idea behind the token and the smart contracts. So um, we, 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 we had an idea that actually in the 
in the next 10 to 20 years, uh, um, as in case of, for example, when, when company goes public, you have an IPO, you have a number of uh, big auditing, financial auditing companies such as PwC, EY, KPMG, and these companies actually verify on what's happening inside of the financial books of, of the IPO company so that the investors are secure and that the whole market uh, can trust the company and, and the auditor. So uh, in case of blockchain, this actually, this whole financial statements, all these financial books and bookkeeping uh, is conducted automatically um, and is based on what's happening inside of the code. So we had an idea that actually there, in, in 10 to 20 years, there, is no, there will be no need for financial auditing company, companies to exist. They will, they will rather change into um, code auditing companies such as ours. So we, we've set up Lock Hunters. We have conducted a number of uh, smart contract and token ad audits in 2018 and 2019. And yeah, as you said, then, then came the, the crypto winter, uh, which actually made the whole market just dead for one and a half year. Um, but we were, we were, we were not like, you know, um, not doing anything within that time. Uh, after, after conducting these audits in 2018 and 19, we, we came up to a conclusion, to another one conclusion that, uh, actually the amount of code that is being produced on blockchain, whether it's crypto winter or it's, or, or it's bull market, it's so, so vast and the, the amount of this code is so huge that actually there is not enough developers, not enough um, security specialists that will be able to verify each token that exists on the market. So um, we came up with an idea of creating an automated algorithm that could actually verify the code of smart contracts, look for new vulnerabilities that could be um, updated, for example, every month, as just as we do it right now. And that could uh, incrementally uh, increase its efficiency from month to month so that uh, at the very end of this whole process, we could achieve actually a really, um, really self-learning algorithm that could beat um, human manual verification of the code. And this is, this is exactly what we're working on uh, right now. Um, in 2019, we, we came up with this idea in 2020 um we started working on token guard in between we have uh like you said we have collected 2.3 million grant from national center for r d which uh, manages uh eu funds for the most prospective and um uh, scientific uh, most scientific projects and yeah for in, in 2020 and 2021 we are working hard in order to deliver token guard which is uh being launched right now um and yeah that's 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 the whole story how on how 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 we came to to this idea mm -hmm. how do you train this algorithm so um you know mm -hmm. like when you do ml people would train that on previous data so did you collect it, the bad codes that of course ended up with frosters and the good codes. How, how is that? Uh, how does it work? Okay, so the, the the whole engine is based on two technologies. This is really like deep tech thing. So I'm not a, I'm, I'm I will I will not get really deep inside this because I I think this might not be really interesting for 
for for people listening to us. But uh, the, the the whole technology is based on symbolic execution and fuzzing technologies. So these two technologies combined together can actually uh, create um, a, 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 an algorithm that is more efficient uh, than than human uh, manual verification and back discovery. So symbolic execution actually um, creates a, a map of all the paths that are happening inside of the smart contract. I mean, smart contract or any any actual application, because smart contracts are just programs that are that sit on blockchain. So symbolic execution creates a map of all these paths that that the, the application can generate, and it gives you the information on what input you need to get into the program so that you receive a specific output. So if you if if you want to receive a, a specific information on how to generate a, a, any kind of error, uh, you can ask this engine what kind of input you need to get into into the smart contract, and that's that's how it works. This is quite simple if you listen about that right now, but still, like you know, doing all the research work, it was uh, really a lot a lot of months of of, of uh, uh, reading papers, uh, scientific papers mostly. And um, testing testing the whole technology on on smart contracts that actually exist on on Ethereum right now, and the second part is fuzzing. Fuzzing works completely different, uh, and it's mostly um, you can actually the, the best comparison of fuzzing is like brute forcing. It's like you're you're trying to <clears throat> you're trying to send as many different inputs to the to the smart contract. Uh, as possible and see whether any of these inputs generates any output that is not something you expected to receive. And the, per, the, the, the thing with smart contracts is that you, you, you have the code, but then you have also the state of a smart contract. I mean, on the blockchain, you have huge number of transactions that actually uh, modify the state of the smart contract. So in order, sometimes in order to find a vulnerability, you need to get through millions of different types of transactions you mm -hmm. simulate on the smart contract. Yeah. And then in the very end, you can actually find that in this specific one situation that occurred after, let's say, five, five, 500,000 uh, transactions, there is uh, some kind of bug that the developer who wrote the smart contract didn't expect to, to get. Mm -hmm. So where did you take this? Um you know, the input information, the input data to develop such things. Is that from the previous uh, cases that you, you did with block hunters, for example, when you guys were auditing um, some, some real examples out there? Yeah, that, 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 was, that, that, that is where the idea came from. I mean, we have, we have tested uh, a number of smart contracts and we have seen that some of the most critical bugs can be found, can be found uh, really quickly, actually, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And that symbolic execution technology that the first one I, I told you about uh, is actually the, the best uh, technology for, for, for these critical bugs. So in Ethereum space, you have a so-called SWC registry, which defines more than 30 different uh, vulnerabilities that can happen to smart contracts in, in Ethereum space. And most of these can be found can be found with with symbolic execution, uh, but after after we developed this uh, symbolic execution engine, we find out we found out that um, 
that not all of these bugs can be found with, with symbolic execution. Mm -hmm. So um, in the end of 2020, we started working on, on the fuzzing technology, which right now is, uh, is a supplement for, for, uh, for, for symbolic execution for us. And um, where, where do we get the taste testing data? I mean, you know, on Ethereum, all these smart contracts are publicly available. So we have like tons of data to test on, which is, which is great, which is great. That's amazing. Yeah. As a researcher, like the, always the problem is where to get the data or how, how we can collect the data to build things on top. Uh, yeah. And then of course. And we are, we are also data. extremely grateful to this uh, whole ecosystem and uh, the whole community that uh, is actually doing a lot of hard work um to to uh to make this this problem really scientific uh there are a number of scientific papers from other teams for example ilf or sliffer uh which are working on on solving the same problem each each of the team uh each of the teams actually takes a different different path to it uh but we hope that all of these tools together uh can can create a safer and more secure future for, for blockchain ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you mentioned a few times scientific paper, and as a PhD person, I have to ask you about yeah. these papers. Um, you know, it's always, because I'm researching uh, remote working, and it's just fascinating to find papers from, um, so I, I found one of my favorites from, uh, from Mary Maher, 1991. And then she mm -hmm. mentions as, asynchronous distributed collaboration, which is basically, you know, Zoom or what we're doing right now. Uh, no, yeah. it's synchronous, but, you know, um, email and, and things like that or, or Slack. Uh, so how, what was your feeling when you were trying to get inspiration, learning from these papers? Where, when they dated from, uh, you know, when do you see the movement into the academic research into that space started? And how does that correlate to what industry, what is the industry reaction to it? Okay, so, you know, Nick, Nick Shaba has mentioned about smart contracts in 1990s. Uh, the, the, the whole idea was didn't have any running proof of concept or MVP until, until uh, Ethereum was created. So um, the, the first scientific papers we actually found on, on uh, vulnerability discovery in smart contracts, I think it was dated about 2016, 2017. And this is also the date when, when the first tool came out, first tools came out. And um, unfortunately, the, the crypto winter has actually stopped the development on many of these tools. The, also, a lot of uh, auditing companies companies uh, disappeared from, from the market. Uh, but we, yeah, we are happy that uh, we, we could actually survive the crypto winter and right now with another bull run on, on crypto markets. We're thriving and creating uh, a token guard platform that can actually help thousands of investors uh, make safer and, and more um, more conscious decisions. Yeah, I think um, also yeah. I wanted to ask about, you know, as you mentioned, like there were so many companies created that just took the label, oh, we are running on blockchain. Yeah. yeah. And it's not only about investors, but uh, people that are uh, giving grants for them, they actually believed in that. Like there was no way to verify whether it's just like some words put on the website. Um, yeah. Do, do you have like a certificate? How do you make sure that, you know, this company has been... So for example, um, 
maybe you heard about this case. Uh, it was quite big in Europe. There was a company called SaveDroid in, uh, in Germany um, that had an established app recommended by various organizations. It wasn't really mm-hmm. related to, to crypto at all, but at one moment they switched to crypto savings and it was backed by the Deutsche Börse and uh, mm-hmm. you know the founder was from uh, McKinsey. So everything on the paper looked very well. Um, but unfortunately, there was some PR standard that went well, and you know all the IPO money was uh, lost at the end. So how would you, you know, in that case, how would you make sure, and then how can we help avoiding such situations in the future? Okay, I'm I'm really happy that you're asking this because th- this makes me actually feel that we are we are thinking the same way. I mean, uh, Token Guard right now is focusing strictly on on smart contract and token security and finding vulnerabilities. But this is this is the the very the very beginning of the whole uh, whole direction that we took with with Token Guard. Um, we are part of uh, International Token Standardization uh, Association, which creates uh, rules and regulatory regulations for um, for tokens to exist in the space of um, of mass adoption. Uh, which is actually the thing that I believe is needed for for um, for the crypto to take over uh, the financial markets. I mean, we need regulations that are uh, created by experienced people who actually understand on what's happening on blockchain and how this whole technology works. And in, 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 about the, the case that you um, that you uh, brought, so. Um, there is a number. There is there's a huge number of projects right now uh, that are happening. For example, on Ethereum or Binance Smart Chain, um, we have analyzed twenty ICOs that are happening that were happening in May 2021, and this uh, gave us another idea on the future that we are working on right now with Token Guard. I mean, for example, from the twenty ICOs we've analyzed only. Uh, only four of them had more employees on LinkedIn than two people. So if yeah. if there is a project that is collecting, let's say five million dollars, five million dollars, and and it's only run by two people right now who, who are responsible for ev- everything, you can actually, I mean, this is your choice whether you want to invest in that or not. But you should be able to verify on who stands behind the whole project is responsible for this, um, whether this person has uh, has the knowledge and experience that uh, that that uh, that uh, she or he is telling he she or he has, and uh, the same thing happens for private investors and VCs. I mean, tokens as a tool for investing into blockchain projects are totally anonymous. They're the whole technology is decentralized. Uh, this is these are the very values of blockchain technology, but nevertheless, we still believe that people who invest, whether it is one thousand dollars or one hundred thousand dollars, they invest this money into tokens. They should have a right to know who stands behind the token, who stands behind the project, what is happening inside of the project, um, what is uh, going to happen with the funds. Uh, I mean, right now, most of these projects that are uh, sold on 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 Ethereum blockchain and other blockchains, they they are only based on white papers. White papers used to be uh, 
scientific documents right now they, they they're actually some marketing uh, bumble wumble and and uh, they usually they do not represent much more value to, to a potential investor rather than a really good looking website and of course in case of ipos this is much more regulated you have yeah. you, like we said before you have uh, the financial audit you have the the investment prospect you have uh, financial statements, you have profit loss statements, et cetera, et cetera. With uh, blockchain investments so far, there was no actual framework to create an environment like this um, for, for ICOs and tokens. And we, together with ITSA, together with other security companies in the space, we are working on this to create a secure framework um, for ICOs to run their projects so that the investors can know what's happening inside. I mean, right now, for example, if, if there is a project that collects $5 million, uh, what, what's happening after the ICO? They usually transfer the, 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 the crypto into their local bank. They, uh, they exchange it into FIAT and they uh, pay it out to their local registered company where they run the whole project. But you, as the investor, uh, who can actually be on the other on the other side of the world, you do not actually know what's happening inside of this of this company. You do not know uh, how it is run, what's what's uh, happening with the financial uh, side of the project. Uh, you do not know nothing about revenues, about the employment, etc. So, right now in Token Guard, we're working on a token management system that will actually uh, allow. Um, token founders and token teams run their projects fully on chain and be at the same time and be at the same time uh, compliant with their local tax laws and regulations. And on the other side, the, 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 the system will, uh, will be able to generate uh, clear and readable reports for the investors so that the, the whole uh, the, 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 the whole group of the stakeholders will be uh, will be fully informed and will have trust to each other on, on, on the investment. Do we need legislation for this space? Because you said that we, we do before. Um, my, my point is, like, is it not against the whole idea behind that this should be decentralized, not related to, you know, governmental legislation or, or any reporting, um, any official bodies going into and taxing that yes i i believe we we do need re, uh, legislation and regulation of the market uh what i want to say is that the the regulation and legislation should be uh, created by people who know what's how blockchain works and have some experience with uh with the blockchain market not like you know, one or two years of experience, but many, many more years of experience. There are people like this. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, uh, Philip Sadler, for example, is is an advisor to EO on on the uh, matter of uh, creating blockchain regulations. We know a lot of companies that actually have uh, experienced people as advisors uh, who know what they're what they're talking about unfortunately there are some countries for example poland where where we're registered uh where these regulations are created because of the fear 
that uh, more money will get out of the local current currency system into into crypto and will not be tracked anyhow so mm -hmm. so the tax um tax institutions will will um, experience losses because of that so um I, I personally believe that creating creating regulations because of this kind of fear uh always end up ends up badly because um these uh, regulations are always very restrictive and with technology such as crypto once people understood on how this works and what uh what what blockchain can give to them uh there is actually no stopping people from investing into crypto getting into this uh into this space so i personally believe that uh this kind of regulations should be created but rather with good intentions of allowing people to uh invest in crypto and create a safe space for them to do that rather than uh rather than restrict mm -hmm. yeah okay so it's more about protection of the investors yes um, yes from fraudsters and things like rather than yeah trying to to to, to get a, a little bit of tax uh, from from the investors. Exactly, um, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that that leads me to another question because you guys uh, got this grant from uh, uh, from EU, so from this. So that for me was a uh, a surprise. Like I didn't know that actually uh, EU is funding uh, mm -hmm. projects in that space. Um, and why did you guys go for that grant? Um, we uh, we 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 went for that grant because uh, I I knew that the work we're going we will have to do in order to create an automated uh, verification of smart contracts this is highly scientific work that we need the best people here in Poland the best developers the best uh, university uh, lecturers in order to actually create this kind of system. So this this kind of grant it was it was uh, only for for scientific purposes. So uh, this is this is why we we actually decided to to uh, and, and 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 try to get this grant. And this is I believe why we received it. I mean uh, that the whole blockchain uh, space was really hot at that moment. And on the other side we came with a specific idea on how to make this whole market more secure and safe. Uh, we we uh, explained it uh, during the whole process real well. And I think, yeah, this is, these are, these are the, 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 the success factors that, that we had. So also another question, because you mentioned, you know, like some companies with $5 million in the investment and then two guys working on it um and yeah. you don't know i mean it, I, I do not do not understand me badly about it's it's totally okay that you know yeah, yeah. founders but there are cases founders, yeah i saw when when you can track a coin and then the company is literally valued more than uber and it's, you know, it's just five <laughs> yeah. tech guys behind it and and uh, you yeah, know, where is yeah. this money what's happening but then i can ask you the same question so what is happening to your fund um mm -hmm. What, what did it go for? Like, how did you distribute that? Uh, what did you invest in? And what are your plans with that? Um, we're still using the fund. We're still using the fund. Uh, we can only use it for scientific and development purposes. So this is why this is why we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll also raising another one point five million dollars right now. Uh, we are planning to run our own ICO in the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one too. 
but right now we're looking for a smart money, uh, smart money, and an experienced partner um, to co-invest into into the token guard platform, so that we can together we can create a safer and more secure future for um, for for the blockchain community and blockchain space. And so far, we have only used one fourth of this whole grant. So there is still a lot of work. Uh, in front of us, and still a lot of you know funds to use uh, in order to 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 um, work on this idea. So you will be looking at other investors, external investors. Yes, uh, yes. Are you going yes, the VC definitely. way? Are you planning to go the VC route? Yes, we are going the VC route. We're we're only mostly talking with VCs that are strictly focused on blockchain investments. Like I said, uh, there is uh, there, there, there is a a lot of uh, interested VCs, but we're only choosing the ones that are actually fully focused on blockchain that have really uh, interesting uh, token token companies in their portfolio so that we can, uh, together, we can create some kind of synergy uh, that will allow us and them to thrive in this whole space because uh, what's happening right now in the blockchain space is it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. I mean, there is way too many projects using blockchain on different ways and none of them are actually fully verified and nobody really as we can see nobody really takes care in terms of the regulations and and i mean there 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 needs to be someone who who will just create a secure framework for for this whole space um dogecoin just came on coinbase <laughs> yeah yeah i know is there anything to verify there or, or no i mean I, I mean like you know you, you need to think about about blockchains as protocols i mean you can you can compare ethereum or dogecoin or bitcoin to protocols as tcp ip right now i mean with blockchain technology, right now we're in the 90s of what has happened to the internet. Even if you take a look at the dot-com bubble in the end of the 90s and compare it to what's happening with the Bitcoin chart, you will find a number of similarities. I mean, the companies in the dot-com bubble, they have gained like 600, 600% within a few days in terms of the, the valuation. So this this is what this is the same thing that that is happening in the blockchain space right now and um, and as I said, Ethereum on all the crypto coins and uh, cryptocurrencies uh, are actually protocols that allow you to build on top of these protocols. So if you think about Ethereum as TCP/IP, then you can think about tokens being built on Ethereum as separate programs or applications or projects. And we want to we want to create a safe space for these projects to, to exist, no matter whether they are being built on on Ethereum or other uh, cryptocurrencies, because you never know what's going to happen within the next few years in in this, in, in this place. So uh, we believe that the rules that we are uh, building and creating right now will be applicable to any blockchain that has the smart contract functional functionality, because all of these actually work very similarly. Uh, smart contracts need to be fast, they need to be um, standardized so that they can run on different computers. Um, they usually have more or less the same interfaces and functions, no matter the, no matter the, the blockchain. So 
the technology that we were building is right now is mostly focused on Ethereum, but in the future, we believe that it will be used also on other blockchains. And the same goes for the token management system. Um, if you want to, to you know, um, have a small sci-fi thought on what's what mm -hmm. what's what's gonna happen or what what might happen within the next ten years, I mean, um, let's think about how banks, like regular financial traditional banks, will work in this space. I mean, if crypto uh, gain much more popularity right now. Um, more than 7.5% uh, of European Europeans have cryptos or uh, have been using cryptos in the past. In Asian countries such as Philippines, uh, these numbers are way higher. I mean, there are countries where more than 30% of society have cryptos. And this stems from the fact that, that they, these people do not trust their local financial system. They do not trust their banks. They prefer to use cryptos in order to, you know, exchange value between themselves. And I, I, I fully understand that. I mean, you know, uh, from a crypto perspective, US dollar is actually a shit coin. <laughs> I mean, uh, it has only one node. Um, it, it's not pegged to anything. Uh, it has an inflation rate of at least 3% every year. Uh, more uh, more than 20% of its supply was created uh, within the last two, three years. And uh, you do not actually know the rules on, on how it is mined. So it's it's actually, you, you, you know you know what I mean. So QE, uh, quantitative easing there. Yeah, so I, I, I fully understand that these people actually prefer to use cryptos, which have um clear rules on what's happening inside of in, inside of inside of the, the the whole system which have real real clear rules uh for what's happening with the supply uh of this currency and if you if you think about the banking system i really believe that um that the traditional banks that are operating right now in these countries will have to adapt and will have to somehow move from being the, the custodian of your money rather uh, to, 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 to be a, a um, let's say, integrator of different crypto services that are operating right now on Ethereum and other blockchains so that you'll be able to use, you know, a crypto wallet with in different ways. You'll, you'll be able to use staking uh loaning and um other services in your bank account uh but the the bank will not store your money it will only store the the keys to your wallet that is mm -hmm. what exactly how how exactly the the exchanges work right now so uh and in terms of running business on blockchain and uh you know from from the perspective of token founders and token teams uh they will need a tool uh, to actually manage the whole token, the whole company, the whole business. Right now, you have different tools. You have your banking interface. You have an ERP system. You have a CRM system. But the, the very first things, I mean, the banking and ERP systems, which actually allow you to manage your employees, your incomes, uh, your costs, your suppliers, etc. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I really believe that in the long-term future, by which I mean like five to 10 years, um, 
crypto bank will actually deliver this kind of tools to business worldwide so that people can build and build their businesses on blockchain not using the local traditional uh, currency system okay so kind of like a wordpress for blockchain <laughs> yeah i mean much more complicated but yeah 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 <laughs> no, I, saw, I just saw recently uh, uh i saw a company that is uh, doing the dao um, so that mm-hmm. everyone can create the community uh, mm-hmm. that's more against the government and everyone can tokenize that and then there's a voting. I think the central land is built on that. So like there's a lot of like yeah. platforms that are offering the solutions that then everyone can build on top of that and create their own um, service. Yeah, DAOs, the DIOs are really interesting. Uh, I really see a huge space for this kind uh, of institutions or organizations to be created. Uh, anyhow, I, I still believe that um, if you take into account like small, medium businesses, they will still need to be run by people who need to take decisions, uh, who need to observe what's happening in the in the reality and uh, take decisions on uh, based on that. So I s- believe that, of course, DAOs will uh, will be operating in this in this space, but there still is going to be a, a lot of place for human-driven companies that will just need uh, specific tools to run their companies on blockchain. Of course, uh, if blockchain mass adoption happens, and I really believe it will. Hmm. So, yeah, so we had this vision for the future uh, for, uh, uh, for for blockchain from, from your point of view. I wanted to ask about your past a bit as well. So we mm-hmm. actually started together. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, I don't think there was any module on blockchain or crypto in 2009, um, where does this interest came in your life? Um, in, in my personal case, oh my God, I think that's the matter that I was born in the 90s. I started coding when I was seven or eight. Um, I started like regularly with Pascal, then I got into C, then I got my first Unix system, then I got into Assembler, then Java, C++, PHP. Um, yeah, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of technologies. And um, what I was mostly interested in was security. I mean, we had we had this uh, um, IRC channel, which was Mamo Mamo Jestem Hackerem. <laughs> and, uh, we I didn't were, know it, about that. I didn't know about that yeah. your side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, were, we were exchanging, you know, we were writing exploits on web Apache servers, like with uh, using different, different uh, holes like buffer overflow or stack overflow. And uh, afterwards, I was uh, an editor in cybercrime team. Uh, which was a security uh, forum and security website. Um, I was, you know, writing Hackme's articles about hacking and security matters. I was around 15 at the time. And after that, I, I decided to go to, uh, to a business school, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, where, where, we, where we both met. And after that, I set up my first startup when I was 23, which was a hardware startup. Um, for the next two years, it didn't actually work out at all. Then I pivoted and um, I bootstrapped it from zero to, I think, three million revenue within a year, which was quite nice without any, any additional funding from, from a VC. And after next two years, uh, I got quite bored with it. I mean, I, 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 I felt that 
uh, blockchain technology and IT is something that I was born with that I, you know, I was really, uh, that really excited me, especially, you know, hacking, uh, cyberpunk books, etc. So uh, when, when blockchain got, you know, more popular, I felt that, yeah, this is, this is something that I want to, um, to fully focus for, for the rest of my life. And that, yeah, this, this, uh, this, 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 this whole, you know, experience of the last 31 years of my life actually gave me the feeling that, you know, um, I want, I want to focus on, on building value on blockchain because I really believe that this technology can change how we, how we operate in the everyday world. And, uh, it can actually optimize all the processes that are happening. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, saying when, when we discuss something, a lot of people are saying that Bitcoin uses more energy than Switzerland. I mean, of course it uses, but if you aggregate all the ener energy used uh, by, you know, financial administration system all around the world, which is, uh, which takes, I think, more than 10 or 20% of GDP in each country. I mean, if you aggregate this and sum it up, I mean, you will have much higher numbers than what Bitcoin uses for, for its uh, proof of work uh, algorithms. So, you know, I mean, you, you got the answer. What's more, what's more effective? Yeah. It's, it's some just uh, headliners, like clickbaity headliners are just. Yeah. But people, people, people use this as arguments when, when, when we talk to each other about, about blockchain technology. So um, I, I'm trying to, you know, change, change their perspective a little bit because I, I, I can see on how this works inside and I can see which actually, which uh, processes that we have in everyday, um, everyday life can be put on blockchain and just, you can forget about them. Yeah, so that leads me well to, to my last question, actually, uh -huh. about your, your career, which we had a glimpse onto that. Uh, what is your mana? What, what is, is my mana? Power? Okay. You know mana from the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, so sure, sure. I do. Yeah, I think I think uh, um, this is uh, this is what what I what I actually told about like uh, a moment ago. I think that this is building building value, building value and val 